Hey, it's Josh Kennedy here, host of the Cricket Matters podcast. Today, we're talking about weight loss tips for cricketers. Welcome to the Cricket Matters podcast, the podcast for cricketers by cricketers who want to train smarter and perform better. If you want to score more runs, take more wickets and field like a pro, this is the show for you. We release a new episode every Tuesday. And if you haven't got your copy of the High Performance Handbook for Cricketers yet, you can get your free copy at cricketmatters.com. Now, back to the crease. This is the Cricket Matters podcast. If you're new to the show, it's great to have you here. Please make sure to subscribe and review. That way we can reach more and more people and get the message out into the far and wide cricketing world. Can we not? James Breeze uh, is my co-host as always. Welcome, James. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? Congratulations. That was one take today. Well, it's amazing, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's also also amazing. As I say, Usually it's also I amazing the fact that we've got, well, yeah, true. But it's also quite amazing that we've got the internet that works today as well, because we tried to record this yesterday uh, and it completely messed up. Yeah, you've said it now, though, haven't you? You've said it now. I know. But we're honest. We're honest people. We want to share this with the whole world. So there you go. <laughs> Come on, Sky, sort yourself out. Uh, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, let's, uh, let's crack straight on because people don't want to hear us waffle. They want to know about weight loss tips for cricketers. Um, we have a whole fat loss system. Uh, which we're going to take you through some of. Now, we're not going to go through the whole thing because it gets a little bit complex. Um, but we're going to take you through the first three levels of our fat loss system. Uh, and it may be some things you've never heard before, I, I think, because people will be listening in and going, oh, okay, fat loss, great. Let's talk about food. No, no, no. That's not where we're going to start, is it, James? No, absolutely. And for those who are listening in going, what qualifies us to do this? Well, if you're you're not aware that we have a sister company called Strength Matters, which which has been running for over 15 years. And this is our speciality. Weight loss and fat loss, particularly for the older generations, is what we specialize in here the most. And it's the same for performance too. But this is the system built around that from 15 years in the trenches and working and then we're going to share it now with you because we've made all mistakes with strength matters and this is where we go forward as cricket matters to help all you cricketers out there <laughs> lose the weight that you need to do yeah we do have some area some expertise in this area exactly. we have been training people for quite a while <laughs> excuse me i'm choking yeah. on coffee choke, I'll, I'll, I'll fill in for you while you choke to death in the background over there shall I? thanks very much thanks very much you're welcome no but it's but I think it's important to talk about weight loss for cricketers because I think for club pr- cricketers in particular, and I'd argue for a lot of youth cricketers as well, it's one of the most important things you can do to improve your performance outside of your skill set because ultimately weight loss and body fat percentage impacts performance, particularly at the very highest levels. Well, this is something but we get. If with you're just making just, small changes. Sorry, Andrew. To interrupt, James, this is something we get with, um, you know, when we're training people in our, over at Strength Matters, um, we get with, you know, runners, cyclists, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter what your sport is, it applies to all sports. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, people always want the magical plan to get fitter, stronger and perform better. But sometimes you've got to really work out where your starting point is. And often, more often than not, it's a weight loss goal and fat loss plans that need to happen. However, fat loss and weight loss isn't as easy as people like to make out. Yes, eat less, exercise more is what the manager is, and we all know that. But in reality, it's a lot harder. And what are the steps to take you forward to help you achieve those weight loss goals? That's the, that's the key here. And again, this applies not to people who've got just lots of weight to lose, 
But even high-level performers, you need to have these tips and these basics in play because it carries over to them too. Like in cricket, the, the pros have the basics in place better than anybody else to allow them to do all the fancy stuff, all the trick shots. You know, They have a good solid forward defense so they can play all the ramp shots, all the sweep shots, the reverse sweeps and stuff like that. It's the same here. This is your forward defense in weight loss. I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, and we're gonna start with level 1.1. And I want you to have this acronym ingrained in your brain when it comes to weight loss, because without this, you're always gonna fail. Yeah. By the way, uh, forward defense, that's a term that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I'm impressed. <laughs> and if you don't know why I'm saying I'm that, impressed. listen to the previous episodes of the Cricket Matters podcast and, uh, and catch up. Uh, so yeah, WWS, that is where it all starts. That's our mantra. Uh, you'll be hearing it a lot from now on in future podcasts. Uh, it stands for Walk, Water and Sleep. Uh, James, you want to take them through the intricacies of WWS? Yeah, absolutely. WWS, Walk, Water, Sleep and the Triple Seven Rule. Now, WWS stands for Walk, 7,000 steps a day. Water, drink seven glasses of water a day, not including Coke or coffee or beer for anyone listening in. And sleep at least seven hours a day. Here's why. If you haven't got these three things in place, you're always going to be fighting with your hands tied behind your back. It's like going out to bat without a bat or a box. Like you're literally going to struggle to do anything. And it's not going to set you up for the foundation for the long haul. Because the thing with weight loss is this. It's actually fairly simple to lose weight. It's the hardest thing is to keep it off for the long haul. So what we've got to do is we're going to set you up for the long haul to get these things in place and balance everything out to give you the, the secret to success, essentially. Now, we always start with walking uh, 7,000 steps. The reason for that was, was multiple reasons. The first thing is we're going to build up your, what we call your, your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is a key component of the weight loss factor. In fact, that's a huge part of it. Uh, it's not just working out and what you eat, which makes a big part too. But you've got to burn more calories and keep active as much as you can. So the secret to that is make sure you're walking and walking consistently. James, did a study not come out recently, if I seem to remember, that literally in the last few weeks, which showed that the leanest people have the highest NEAT? Am I correct? In yes, that? that's, ex that's exactly right. They have the, the, they have the highest NEAT, I mean, as in they're fidgeting, they're moving around all the time. And also there's other studies that show that in an ideal world, anything less than 8,500 calories will offset your work uh, when it comes to work in the gym when you're, doing your, uh, when you're trying to achieve weight loss. So therefore, if you're walking less than 8,500 steps a day... Well, it in inhibits fat loss, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Exactly that. So you've, you've, got, you've got to take these. Into now, 7,000 is, is baseline. That's step number one. If you're not doing 7,000 steps a day, every day consistently, then you're always going to struggle. So we start there, always with walking and always with 7,000 steps. Now, that's a precursor to the next steps because once you nailed your walking, we're going to go to water and drinking seven glasses of water a day. Most people in the Western world and cricketers, because I see it on the field every Saturday when I'm playing in the summer, are hydrated. They're dehyd dehydrated, sorry. <laughs> they struggle. If they were hydrated, there'd be no exactly. point in this podcast. <laughs> you know, I think hydration is a, is a separate topic altogether. We can talk about when we come to in-season games. But uh, dehydration is a big issue. But it also, it's part of the fat loss equation. To lose weight, you need to have water. You need to be hydrated. You need that as part of the whole thing. So if you're not hot, 
you haven't got any water in your system, which the body is a huge percentage of anyway, and you're not replenishing those fluids all the time, you're always going to struggle. So you've got to have that in place because it makes you feel better. It's going to help you make better decisions because it's all about making better decisions when it comes to weight loss in what foods you choose, right? You feel better. You're going to be more active because you're walking as well. It's going to knock on effect that that knock on effect too, but it's just going to help you perform better as well. And that's, that's the simple secret here. But in terms of fat loss, most people confuse hunger with dehydration and thirst. So you've got to make sure that's not the equation. So sometimes if you're hungry, go for a drink of water first, then come back to it and see how you're feeling then. Are you still hungry? Or if you're not, well, maybe it's just the fact that you're dehydrated, um, which is going on there. And then it obviously takes us into the nicely into S, the sleep section, which is seven hours a night. Now, I know for people with kids, Josh, you, this is an absolute nightmare. And yep, uh, it's... Not always possible, but as I would say to parents, you just got to do your best. I mean, we were up God knows how many times with Florence last night. So parents, you just got to try your best. That's it, really. That's all you can say. <laughs> exactly. And we, we, and we understand that. However, for performance, it's essential. For fat loss, yeah. you're, if you don't have the seven hours consistently a night, you're <laughs> always going to struggle because this really is the, I think this is the most important factor. Because what the studies have shown is that you're consuming five to 800 calories extra a day when you're sleep deprived. And the majority of that comes from processed food, right? So there's, there's so many factors going on. So if you try and lose weight, like, and your body is in a state of sleep deprivation, you're always going to struggle to fight that urge because the body craves energy and it's going it's to make it so much harder. And it comes down to willpower and state of mind when anyone's trying to go for a weight loss plan. So you've really got to focus on that. Have those three in place. And I promise you, weight loss will become a lot bit easier long-term as long as we go to the next stages and doing workout and stuff like that and walking. But that's the foundation. That is the absolute foundation to weight loss and fat loss. If you haven't got these in place, there's no point giving me giving you a fancy nutrition plan or fancy exercise plan because we're just going to be swimming against the tide and it, you're going to struggle. And it's making it harder than what it already is. And it is bloody hard to lose weight. Indeed. And you know, the, the beautiful thing about the system, it sounds simple and it is simple. Uh, but if you, the more you walk, the more you want to drink and the more you want to sleep. Isn't that beautiful? It just one leads into the other, leads into the other. <laughs> Exactly. That's how it was. And, and the reason we, we came up with the system, we saw it in the data. We love data. Again, most cricketers love data too, looking at their stats in the book every day and you know, play cricket all the time, looking at their averages. We know, we know you guys. So this came from stats and data when we compared our performance athletes to our everyday Joes. And we looked at what they were, how we could compare them across the board that's on an equal level playing field. Yeah, what the differences were, what were were they doing? Yeah, exactly. And stuff that we, which is fundamental to human life, walking, water and sleep, pretty fundamental. We can all agree on these things. Nutrition is complex at the best of times, but we can all agree we need to walk more, we need to drink water and we need to sleep. Because if you haven't got the second two, particularly water and sleep, you're going to die. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So we all can agree with that, right? But the walking thing is, the idea for that as well is not to get out and just move to burn fat, but it's to get your mental health, clear your headspace, get some vitamin D, uh, sunshine in you, 
clear, you know, literally, it's just, it's move blood, move lymph around the body, all the toxic yeah. waste around your body. It just, it's a huge thing about what we do and how we try and do what we do. You're going to go on to the next, le- the next level. So that's level 1.1, stage one. There's also a level 1.1, stage two. Yeah, exactly. And this is for the people who really want to, uh, at the performance level. So there's people listening to this podcast who are great club cricketers, and there's people that probably here who want to perform and go to the next level, and that they need to lose weight. This is kind of the, the performance level goals you need to be working towards. So it then goes to, if you're trying to lose weight, we've got to hit 15,000 steps a day to be optimal, right? 15,000, right? Ideally, continuously. Uh, we've got to hit half your body weight in ounces in water. So for example, now the reason we do it in, in, not in metrics because it's easier in this formula. So I am, I am 72 kilos, which is about 160 pounds. Divide that by two, which is 80, which is 80 ounces of water. It's about two to two and a half liters a day. That's a good exa- example of what you should be trying to aim for. And then sleep, you've got to try and go for eight hours. Right, as hard as it is, that is the optimal performance levels that all the athletes have trying to strive for. From Barcelona footballer players to the NBA and NFL, they're trying to strive for that because their studies show uh, that level is what the optimum performance is for their athletes and reduces their risk of injury long term. And in terms of fat loss, it gives the body more time to recover to allow you to relax and less stress to get you into a fat loss state, basically. How does that sound? Exactly, exactly. So that's walk, water and sleep. That's uh, level 1.1. Now, when we did the, attempted to record the podcast yesterday, we missed out level 1.2. But today we thought, you know what? Let's talk about the crazy stuff. Let's talk about the crazy, crazy breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Level 1.1, 1.2. So you've nailed WWS and you're working towards 15,000 steps, maybe. This is where crazy town happens. And this is where we start talking about breathing. Breathing is important because along with water, oxygen is an important part of the fat loss process, right? For fat loss to happen, you need oxygen and you need water. It's as simple as that. So you've got to breathe properly. And most people, particularly cricketers, struggle to breathe through their nose. And the reason you breathe through your nose is because it slows the whole process down, right? Allows oxygenation to take place and allows for a greater uptake of oxygen to happen, so oxygenation can take can just happen in general. That's that's what we're trying to work with here. So slowing the process down. So it also means that we're trying to improve your tolerance to carbon dioxide, so we're not over breathing, because over breathing and what we call mouth breathers, because mouth breathing is bad, means that you're constantly raising your shoulders every day. Like was it twenty thousand times a day you breathe, whatever it is. Something like that, yeah. I mean, people are probably listening to this and thinking, yeah, I breathe all the time. I don't even have to think about it. What are you talking about? But the problem is the majority of people don't breathe properly anymore. We all did when we were born, when we were babies, and beautiful belly breathing, breathing from the diaphragm. And then life happens to you. It hits you in the face. Um, you know, stress happens. And you, we all start to breathe more through our mouths, as you say, which is, which is no good. Um, especially if you've got allergies, it's hard to... Some people can't breathe through the nose, but if you improve your breathing, it improves your allergies. But that's another yeah, point. Exactly. Um, no, but it's <laughs> but we all start breathing from from the upper chest, the neck, and it all it all goes wrong, basically. Exactly. It it creates tension. So you know, imagine trying to trying to raise your shoulders multiple times as quickly as you fat can. Right. In, if you listen to the podcast now and try breathing, you can feel all the tension coming into your neck. And when it comes to fat loss and weight loss, we've got to reduce stress. Stress will inhibit your fat loss process. And again, we're trying to reduce the barriers to fat loss and making it as simple as possible. 
It's the it's the flight of or fight or flight. It's the it's the uh, survival mechanism when you're breathing like that. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. So we've we've got to work so hard to make it happen. So breathing is important, and improving your ability to nasal breathe is where it's at. We'll save this for another podcast go deep, to deep dive into it. But what I'd suggest is just very simply walk around everywhere with your mouth closed and just give it a go. Try walking up and down some steps. Um, if you're out in the shops or something like that, or instead of going and taking the escalators, take the stairs, keep your mouth closed, try and get to the top and see how you feel and see the urge for you to try and open your mouth to breathe. If that's the case, you know you have a breathing problem. And we'll leave it there before we go any more crazy town on that. Yep. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, crazy town could go on for so much longer. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast about crazy town uh, in the future. Okay. So this get, we're coming to the bit now calories, food. This is the bit people are probably thinking, well, this is where I thought you might start. So this is level, uh, level 1. 1.3. Exactly. It takes a while to get to this stage. And some people can get to it quicker, quicker than others. But this is where we talk about calories. Now, Again, listening to a lot of cricketers talk and how they talk about nutrition. Um, not to not to put anybody under the bus here, but I remember having a conversation with a cricketer, professional cricketer last year, who thought protein shakes makes up nutrition. That's that's his idea of nutrition, right? Uh, I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but the point is, there's a lack of understanding around this, and also there's a high level coach. I've got to say this: there's a very high level coach, prominent coach. People in Cardiff Cricket Club will know who I'm talking about here, uh, but at the very professional level that uh, considers Guinness to be the same equivalent as a, um, as a salad, right? Let's just let... It's a meal, it's a meal in it's itself, a meal isn't in it? Itself. A pint of Guinness? Yeah, there you go. So any, anyway, the point is, I think there's a lack of understanding uh, the playing level <laughs> and the ability to communicate what nutrition is. So the first thing is all diets work, right? It's about sticking to them. That's the most important thing. And it comes down to calories in, calories out. No matter what anybody tries to pedal on social media. It's calories in, calories out. That is the research. That is what's going to happen yeah. here. See, calories are an important part. Yeah, as you say, every diet works. Why does every diet work? Because it puts you into a deficit. They all do it in different ways, yeah. but every single diet in one way or another puts you into a calorie deficit. Exactly. So to find, to go into a calorie deficit, and this is what people don't do to begin with, People just assume they're going to just drop X number of calories and that's the right deficit for them. So I'll give you a classic example. Michael Mosley has come out with a stupid book called The 800 Diet or something like that. The eight, eight Fast 800 Keto. Right, there you go. That, that, that name says it all. We'll get more into specific diets, types and bits later on. But the point is 800 calories a day, eat that and you're going to lose weight. That is freaking stupid in so many different levels. And I'll, I'll call him out on that because... It's, pu- it's pushing the idea of extreme deficits, which is not going to sort the long-term issue of weight regain afterwards, right? And it's just so extreme. It's too extreme for so many, so many people. 800 calories would be miserable. It is. Absolutely miserable. And it has so much potential to cause a detrimental effect, particularly to female cricketers. Absolutely, particularly to female cricketers as well. So... We've got to go into a deficit, but at a certain percentages that is not too much of a deficit, but also not too little as well. And it comes with stage number one, and that's we've got to establish what your maintenance calories are. How much food do you need to maintain your same weight? This is a slow process and a longer term way to think about it. But until you know that maintenance level, 
And maintenance levels depend on your activity. So some days you can be more active than the others. Some days you're more sedentary than the others. We need to find a balance. So again, people here may switch off if they don't like counting calories, and that's okay because we'll come up with some other alternative solutions in a bit here. Mm -hmm. But what we do know is the highest performers, the people who achieve the best and fastest results, track their calories and understand calories and nutrition and their macronutrients, okay? And we'll, we'll explain a little bit more in a second here now. But the secret to what they all do is they know what their baseline is. So they can go into a deficit afterwards. And again, we'll save another podcast to how we do deficits uh, for another time. But spend two to four weeks, right, of tracking your food. Use MyFitnessPal, right, and track your weight daily, right? Because you then want to look for weekly averages, right? And then... Figure out, well, have you put any weight on during this time? Have you kept weight? Have you, have you lost a little bit of weight, maybe? That's going to give you a rough baseline of what you want to work with. I'll give you an example. I know my baseline is 2,450 calories, right? From trial and error, roughly. Roughly. Let, let's, say, let's say roughly, because even calorie counting, even when you count, it's going to be, it could potentially be off by anywhere 10 to 15%, but at least you've got a, a rough idea. Exactly. And, and, and the other thing as well, it's to avoid those fancy ass calculators online, those calorie cal- calculators, because they're massively often people overestimate, underestimate their activity levels too. Like, like mm. you are not moderately active if you, ju- if you train four times a week and sit in your ass for 3,000 steps every day. That is, that is yep. you're light active if, at best. So people have got to work out where they're at in, the, in those ranges. So Take your time, work out what it is. Because when, again, using me as an example, I'm 2,400 calories is my maintenance. If I know that, I can then start going into deficits. Or if I want to go to muscle building, I can go into a nice, easy um, surplus to try and do it here now. But I'm not, going from, I'm not going from 2,400 calories to 800 calories like Michael Mosley, for example. I'm just establishing my baseline. That's, that's the most important thing here. We're not going deficit yet. Because once we have our baseline, we're going to talk about the five habits. Right, Josh? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, these are from a, a great company we, we, we really love called Precision uh, Nutrition. Um, do, you want to, do you want me to list them out and then we talk about them in more detail? Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, yeah, list, list them out. We'll talk about why, why these are so good and why they work. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, they work because there's tons of data behind it. There you go. We love data. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so they are eat less processed food, um, and there are degrees of processing, I guess. Again, we can go into more detail on that. Uh, eat more quality protein, fresh vegetables, eat slowly, and eat when hungry. Exactly. So across the board, notice how we're not talking about diets here as well. Should it be keto? Should, should I do fasting? Stuff like that. It's not about that. There's commonalities between a, every single diet, and a lot of them sort of say the same things, particularly number one, eat less processed food. That is, we've done a blog on the website as well, uh, The Best Diet for Cricketers, and I, I highly recommend checking out cricketmatters.com forward slash blog to read it, what we've done too. But that is the commonality between every single diet plan, right, on the planet. They all say eat less processed food, right? Because for so many different reasons. One, it's you get more nutrients into the body. You're nourishing the body as opposed to eating 
processed food that has so many additives, flavorings that encourage your taste buds to eat and consume more. I think that's a good way to put it. Mm. Um, yep. They're far less calorie dense. For example, a chicken breast, the average chicken breast is maybe going to have 200, 250 calories. If you go to um, KFC and have a, a fried burger from there, you're talking 800 calories with a bun. Right, so it's it's a lot less calories here. You're going to be fuller for longer, and it's going to curb your hunger cravings for much longer too. And that's why we're saying eat less processed food, not because we're evil, and you know we're not saying you should cut it out completely. However, there's a reason for doing it. It, it does inhibit performance uh, long term too, but it very much inhibits weight loss goals. So if the more junk food you consume, the more you want to consume, the more less processed food you consume the fuller you're going to be for longer, essentially, and the more you're nourishing your body. Uh, indeed. And next one is eat uh, more quality protein, which gets even more important as we age um, due to what's called uh, sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle mass loss. Yep. And also, it's going to keep you fuller for longer. And you have what we call the thermic effect of food. Protein it requires more energy to burn. <laughs> In a, it is, it's, it's only a minute little detail, but it's, it all adds up over time. Little 1% differences make a big difference overall. So eating quality protein with every meal means you're going to stay fuller. You're going to perform better and preserve lean muscle mass as long as possible. Build lean muscle mass if you're, if you're lifting weights too. And it has that thermic effect of food too. And that's where you can introduce a good quality protein shake alongside whole foods mm-hmm. right so we're not you, know, you mentioned protein shakes before they they, they do have their place yes uh, if you need to up your protein a little bit and you know it's not always possible to get protein in in whole food form so you know a good quality protein shake um and there are vegetarian and vegan versions uh yeah. can help supplement that exactly and again there are a lot of vegan cricketers out there and we totally understand it so we're not saying you must be animal animal protein you know it's, no, it's no. protein of of all sorts here that we're trying to do yeah. now this is where it could be con- con- uh, um, a little bit controversial. Eat more vegetables. It shouldn't be controversial, but in today's world, where carnivores, <laughs> it, de- it definitely yeah. shouldn't. But in, in the in the Twitterverse, whatever out there in stupid social media land, there are people who say, "Oh, it's vegetables. It's carbohydrates. They're terrible for you." It's like, oh my God, come on! There's so many exactly good things about vegetables. Nutrients. One, they taste good. But the vitamins and, and minerals and nutrients in them. People do. Like what's, what's broccoli done to piss people off? Like obviously it's like literally it is. If you want to go into the whole world of crazy conspiracy yeah. theories, I'd highly recommend going to Twitter and looking at nutrition because it's it's highly, highly controversial, yeah. particularly with the carnivore movement. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag broccoli. There you go. Hashtag broccoli. But now you, got, you obviously got liver king at the moment. I'll tell you what, try and try. You know what? You could do a challenge. Try and overeat broccoli. Yeah. Give it a go. You could. There's not a chance nope. you could overeat on broccoli. Not at all. But you want to eat as much fresh vegetables as possible. It's going to keep you fuller. It is going to nourish the body. I think that's the main thing. And you get all the goodness from it too. Because again, it's all about making you feel fuller for longer. Not like the, the old Shreddies advert from the 1980s where it keeps lung, hunger locked up till, till lunch. All right, we've got vegetables. It's, they're important. Or keep hunger locked up till about 10.15 when you're really peckish. Yes, exactly. Yeah, chocolate bar. Yeah, <laughs> by Nestle. 
That was yeah. it. Anyway, so yeah, vegetables, so. controversial, not controversial, just eat more of them. That that, that shit works. It really does. It really works. <laughs> uh, the next two, yeah, the next two are actually habits. So obviously mm. the first three are all about food and the next two are um, dietary habits. So the first one, eat slowly, which is actually yeah. much more difficult than it sounds. It is. It is something I struggle with. Growing up on a farm where I, it was funny, like we had, me and my parents lived in one house and my grandparents lived in the house pretty much next door, like literally 50 meters away if that. And we had the farm with all the workers working on the farm. And I'd always go and eat my grandparents because she'd make food for the workers. I'd go there and you have a massive big farm table with about 10 people around it. If you wanted seconds, you had to wolf down your food as fast as possible to get it, <laughs> essentially, because you're competing with all the workers doing it. So I eat really quickly. Like I absolutely inhale food. It's a bad habit I picked up as a kid. But eating slowly it gives you time in the brain to process the fact that you're eating food and controls your hunger. It suppresses hun- you know, it, your hunger because yeah. you know, it, does, it, hasn't, it hasn't got time to register and process the fact that you're eating all this food. So the faster you eat, the, the more you're going to continue to eat until it goes, oh, stop. So you're going to overeat is the it best takes way about to put 20 it. So eating minutes, slowly is key. Doesn't it, for the brain, brain to register that it's full? Exactly. So it's such an important skill to have and acknowledge because we probably don't even w- realize how fast we eat food, particularly on the go. Say you go to the shops and buy some sandwiches, like in Tesco or something, you just inhale it, boom, it's gone. Yeah. There you go. Then you're gonna have your chocolate, your crisp, or whatever it is. Like classic cricketers' teas now. Since the pandemic, like you have no, there's cricket teas, uh, particularly in South Wales, are not quite the thing anymore. But you bring your own food, so you get Tesco meal deal. You're eating crisps, chocolate, and sandwiches. Not the best cricket tea, if, you, if, we're, if we're talking about performance, we'll save that for another time on cricketing tea specials, what you should eat during the tea interval. But, you know, you wolf it down. It's the same what people do. Just slow the process down. There's a great habit uh, a good friend of ours, Josh Hillis, came up with, and that is to put your fork down in between bites, which I think is a really important thing to use and do whilst eating. It's a very good skill. So take a bite, put the fork down, finish chewing your food, then repeat the process. It slows the whole process down and it works. It really is. It's a simple habit to apply uh, to. And the last one, eat when hungry, which uh, door, that sounds simple again, but not, but it's something you mentioned before. People mm-hmm. often uh, mistake uh, thirst for hunger. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And uh, it's about touching it because there's so many different levels to nutrition. Uh, people just see eat food, seafood, but that you've got the emotional side of things and the connection you have. It's, it's a very social element part of what we do. It connects families, friends. You know, we go out for food. We do all these sorts of things. And it, it comes back to your feelings too. Checking in with yourself as to why you're eating. Uh, emotional eaters and binge eaters, this is a very good one for you guys. Like, why are you going for that extra bag of crisps or that chocolate? Like touch in with your feelings and go, well, hang on a second. Um, why, why am I eating this? Is it because I'm eating when I'm hungry or eating because I feel down about myself and I want an endorphin rush to pick up how I feel? So that is a very deep level thinking of nutrition, but that's what we want to get to. We want to get to the fact that you're making conscious decisions, making better decisions like you would on the cricket field. Are you going to run the two or are you going to run the one? Are you going to do three or one? Or are you going to leave the ball? That's about making better decisions. Here's how we're helping you make better decisions with your food choices, which will impact your performance on the field. Uh, Indeed. And lastly, the final stage is 
track calories and macros. So we've spoken before about establishing your baseline calories. Once those are established and you know mm-hmm. your rough, uh, how many calories you should roughly be consuming, you can then go into the habits. You don't have to track calories and macros. But again, if you want to be at yeah. performance level, get that, get that 1% or 2% extra uh, advantage, you've got to track your calories and your macros. Exactly. And this, people try and jump to this too quickly. And this is the level where you're really going to optimize everything you're trying to do and perform. Okay. You're going to optimize your proteins, your fats, your carbs. Macro is basically essentially proteins, fats, and uh, carbohydrates. Okay. Carbs. Uh, technically, fiber and you've got fiber and alcohol too, <laughs> which can count as that. But um, we'll avoid the alcohol for now because that's highly calorie dense. <laughs> and you know, again, that's a simple tip. Again, most cricketers up and down the up and down the country love a good beer after the game. I totally get that, and it's fine. However, you've got to bear in mind how calorie dense it is. So if you're trying to lose weight, be mindful of what beers you're drinking and try and go for less calorie dense beers if you're trying to do that. But tons of this is where the real in depth. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Apologies, guys. Um, but you've, this is where we're going to track calories uh, and macronutrients because this is where we start to optimize and really make a difference. Uh, and this is where you're probably in a, in a better state of mind to attack this. Now you're feeling good about yourself. You can start doing these type of things and we do it. So the most important thing to know is this, is that what we can technically agree on is that protein is one of the most important things you have when you're in a weight loss deficit. It makes no difference whether you do high fat low carb or high carb low fat right they both do the same thing so fats and carbs can be in switched interchangeable in, you know d- 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 interchangeable basically that's the best way to put it and that is where most diet plans yeah. disagree with so for example a keto diet is high fat low carbs mediterranean diet has a mixture of carbs and fat this is where all the people fight over it's the yeah. carbs and fats breaks down but the point is it's highly individual to you there's so many things in play here to help you choose what your carb breakdown should be or your fat breakdown should be. Don't listen to some somebody who says a blanket statement says you must do this. Mm-mm, doesn't work. It's completely individual because everyone's body is different and it's going to process carbs and fats differently, whether whether you like it or not. So, how about that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, there we go. There are two more levels to the whole fat loss system, but we'll leave those for now. They're getting it's getting a little bit uh, too complex, but hopefully uh, WWS, some crazy breathing yeah. and uh, looking at calories and food habits. Hopefully that's uh, that's helped you listeners out there, you cricketers, um, with some uh, some fat loss tips. Exactly. And it's, it is an important thing. I think you've got to take responsibility now. It's pre-season. And you've got to look at what, what you want to achieve by the, by the start of the season. It's post, again, pre-season is, is usually post-Christmas, so everyone's carrying a few extra pounds. I, I honestly think like the biggest difference you can make to your performance this season for, for the vast majority of cricketers, and I'm not just talking amateur cricketers, I think at the pro level too, uh, from what I'm seeing at the moment, particularly in the South Africa tournament, there's a lot of overweight cricketers. Uh, and again, it's not me fat shaming or calling them out. It's, it's far from that. However, in for the younger cricketers listening into this, five to ten years, maybe fifteen years from now, this is future thinking things. There is going to be such a competition for places in in these pro teams because there's a lot of money on offer for cricketers now to make make a living from. It's going the same way as football. In some respects, it's a huge sport with all these franchises going around the world. So therefore, 
There's going to be highly skilled individuals. And the difference between two, let's take two batsmen who are equally skilled, right? The most athletic fielder who is probably going to take their place over that person here and the one who can perform faster for longer. It's as simple as that. So think of professional football. They all look the same way. How many fat professional footballers do you see? Not many. Why? It's survival of the fittest to get to that level. And that's where cricket's going to go, I think, in the next 10 to 15 years. So again, there's so many things we can talk about here, particularly for female cricketers in terms of body image and stuff. It's, it's hard, but elite sport is a cutthroat. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. It is cutthroat. It is brutal at the top. And those one percenters make a difference. But for club cricketers, just dropping a couple of kilos, I promise you, you will be able to recover that much faster between running, bowl longer, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's going to make a massive difference. So again, don't take weight loss lightly in terms of performance. It's a, it's a huge factor. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys uh, found this useful. If you do have any comments or feedback, please... Uh drop us a message. Um, and uh, if they want the High Performance Handbook for Cricketers, James, where can they go and get that? Cricketmatters.com. Go to cricketmatters.com because again, as well as the podcast, we're doing a whole load of blogs um, and features in there. And please, please, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok is, TikTok is suddenly blowing up at Cricket Matters. So please see all our video content we're doing there too. And we'd really appreciate it to get us out there and share this with the Cricket Matters community around the world if you can review this podcast on Apple and Spotify we'd love it if you could yep absolutely thank you give us a little uh, review and a like if you would please thank you James thank you guys for listening until next time thank you for listening to the Cricket Matters podcast if you love listening to the show then please do share it with others that's how you can help it grow and the more it grows the more great free content we can bring to you for more in-depth help and analysis and your free copy of the high performance handbook for cricketers visit cricketmatters.com today and be sure to follow us on tiktok at cricket matters and instagram and twitter at cricket matters hq